Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Council of Dads After Show, Episode 8 and Episode 9. We are going to finally get caught up with everybody tonight. Um, lots to talk about, but I could not do this alone, of course. I got my crack commando unit with me. First off, Miss Kay Montgomery, hello. Hey, how's it going? And, of course, we have Mr. Michael Barlow in the house. Hi, guys. Glad to be back. Shay Jones. Hey, guys. Let's talk about these episodes. I can't even. And I, of course, am the chief of crying, Sean McHugh. Um, first of all, Michael, welcome back, sir. We missed you. It's great to have you back. Good to be back. Excited to talk about these episodes. Yes, yes. Yeah. So let's let's just get right into it. We got so much to talk about. Episode eight is entitled Dear Dad. And we had this kind of theme of Luli writing a letter to her father about her life because she finds out some information. But just a quick question for everybody. When was the last time you wrote a letter to someone? Like a physical letter? A physical, like <laughs> wrote a letter, not not on not an email, not a, like an actual letter. Uh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but I just like, this is very interesting to me. Seven-ish years ago. Okay. Only, like I wrote it but never sent it. It was like just to get my feelings out about the situation to what happened with the person. Oh, interesting. And I wrote I mean, it, but I never sent it. Kind of similar then to Luli almost in a way. Very interesting. So yeah. Michael, I, anytime yeah, I soon? Somewhere. I feel like I might have written a letter in December. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think, yeah. But it was like a, it was like a one a one shot situation. I mean, I write letters. Yeah, probably December for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember. Like okay. I'm a letter writer person. Maybe I'll put a note. Like if I send somebody a box or something for their birthday, I'll put like a note in it. But a letter, like no. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think I can remember the last time I did it. It just was very, I don't know, like the thought of writing a letter was very interesting to me. Oh, sorry about that. Um, and am I still here? Did uh, I come back? I think I'm back. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, guys. Okay. Uh, and I'm back. All right. Sorry about that. My phone rang. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, this was an interesting kind of thought to me of actually writing a letter. Um, but Luli writes a letter, and it's uh, quite the letter uh, that we, you know, to find out about her her dad. Let's let's talk about this. What did you guys think of this reveal to Luli? Let's start with you, Kay. I didn't like it. I was like, why are they telling her? Wow. I, I don't. I, honestly, you guys, I just felt like. Just don't tell her. Let her live her life. She was so happy. I mean, yeah, I just, 
I didn't think they should tell her. I felt like it was kind of Sean's place to tell her. I thought it would throw her off a lot. Um, I don't know. I just thought, why tell her? Okay. Okay. What about you, Shay? Tell her. No, like I'm, I'd rather know the information. At this point, I've already shaken up a lot of things and then Anthony left. There has to be a reason, a bigger reason. I, I mean, granted, I am happy. Like, Lily seems very happy where she was at, especially in the shower, living her life. He did that work. I'm just going to say that real quick. But I thought she needed to know. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I'm because you brought it up. I was going to bring it up, but you already brought it up. Has anyone actually had good shower sex? Come on. They always, make, like... it look, they always make it look amazing <laughs> in, the, in TV and movies. And, I, you know... I wasn't talking about the I shower part. That's, that's my You plead the fifth, okay. <laughs> I was talking about the actual, like, how he did it. Like, I thought the shower, it looked beautiful and amazing from what no, it used it to did. look like. You're 100% right. I just think that that's not reality. That is not reality of shower sex. <laughs> Michael's like, huh? what up? Now, Michael, <laughs> prove, me, tell, prove me wrong. I think that the the... <laughs> <laughs> The key is to have space and to have yes. room. And that was a very roomy shower. Okay. I'll just say that. Okay. Because <laughs> I think I, I think we've all tried in that Van Nuys apartment shower and it just don't work. You need space. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to get off topic there. I just I'm just saying, like I remember they that I had that. I was like, come on, they always make it like it's so great. And it's like we we've all tried to do this, and it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, right. anyway, Michael. How do you feel about the way we revealed Luli's uh, father? I feel like as someone who has been on the receiving end of that kind of information, mm. um, I can appreciate them telling her. Um, however, I was told when I was 10 to tell me now as an adult, I would be like, well, you could have kept that information to yourself. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I get both. I get what both of you guys are saying, but like, she probably—if they would have known the information when she was growing up—I think that they would should have told her as a kid. But like, she's a grown, married, like living her life. She's she's. I mean, if if it, but I think that what what um, Robin said is a is true that that Luli was trying to find something like she had been searching. For something and maybe this was the answer that she was seeking even though she didn't know that this is what she was looking for mm. um but you know at the same time like like you said Kay, she was happy it didn't need to be interrupted <laughs> right I, i'm kind of i'm kind of with you michael and like that i agree like late early on if you told her fine but at this point like what are we doing like we're just causing more drama now yeah. Um, and then it's kind of hypocritical because they say, or Robin says, I know you don't need protecting anymore, but the kids still do. So, so don't tell the kids yet. And I'm like, well, why are we telling anybody then? Thank you. Thank you. That's what she said. We don't need any more drama. And I was like, but y'all need more secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. But then you can't, you can't get mad for the keeping of the secret. And then when the secret is told, like when people ask for the truth, you can't, you like, you always say you want to hear the truth, but then you hear the truth and you get upset. That, I always, that always confuses me. 
I don't need to know if I look fat in my jeans. Hey, <laughs> 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 like, you look great in everything. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, I think I I think I mean, and at one point I think Larry is a, in a voiceover even says, you know, the truth will set you free, and I I don't know that it's always true. I I think sometimes the truth can make things worse, and you know I think you might be better off not knowing sometimes. I don't know. I mean, it might be controversial to say that. What do you guys think? I mean, Michael, take it first. I feel like the, I'll never I'll never say that the truth is bad. However, <laughs> um, I do think that there's a time to tell the truth. After, you know, like there's a statute of limitation when it mm. comes. To okay, <laughs> I like if that. It, if it's going to, like, if the time has passed, like, if you're 25 years old and you know, on your own life path at this point, and this information will do nothing to, to push you along that then uh, I don't know I, I I try and put myself in her in that situation like I said being someone who found out that I my biological father was someone that I didn't know finding out at 10 versus finding out now I'll be like okay cool like why are you telling me I'm living my life but I, I'm, I'm a fan of the truth I, I will just say it like that I am a fan of the truth <laughs> Okay. Okay. But I'll take that. I'll take that. Shay, well, what are your feelings on just in general, I guess, this truth and obviously with the show, but you know, what do you think? Sometimes is it good? Sometimes is it not good? I mean, the truth will do a lot of things. Like you said, the truth will set you free. The truth will cause drama in your life. The, tr the truth is a lot of different facets and different concepts. It depends on who you're talking to. For me personally, just tell me. I'd rather like, cause for me, I don't like the anticipation or that worry feeling of, oh, and I feel like this is like dread. I'm just carrying around dread because there's something I don't know. I'd rather you just tell me rip off the bandage than you come surprise me and be like, oh, okay. I didn't want to hurt your feelings, but now this. Just rip it off at first. I kind of agree with Michael. Like you could have told when she's younger, but now that she's older and she's been searching for it, she's been asking for it. You could have told the sooner. I would say that you could have just told her sooner when she started searching, when she started learning all these different things. And personally, I thought it should have been Anthony that said it, it should have came from his mouth. I get why Robin is doing what she's doing, how she's doing the things she's doing. However, you, one, you can't get mad at me for telling you when it comes to Anthony telling Robin and then Robin telling Anthony, don't contact us again, don't contact our family, go, go, go outside of the country, be happy, and we don't want to see you no more. Because then you're making a decision for Luli, not Luli making a decision for herself. Yeah, go ahead, Kay. I see you. I see you going. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm just a man in shape. Everything yeah. that the end part. What she just saying? You made the decision for Luli by telling him to go away. That was not your place. And I also feel like it wasn't your place to tell Luli, mm -hmm. right? That's his secret. He needs to tell Luli if he want to take it to his deathbed. That's his choice. Also, she has a mom. Her mom knows too, you know? So when her mom wants to tell her, that's their choice. That's not your place to tell her and then not have a soft place for her to land ultimately. Like you set her up, you put her in a losing situation. Yeah, so I totally agree with Shay on that. I didn't even, I hadn't even thought about that. I was just frustrated that they had told her. But the fact that, yeah, that's right. In the car, she was like, 
you know, stay away, blah, blah, blah. And oh, to top it all off, she threw her keys down. So my sis didn't even get the car out the deal. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. She can get us a car out the deal. For well, and it wasn't even guilt. It was just, oh, I want to protect her and I'm gone, though. So at least I know this will protect her if I can't be there. Well, there was some guilt there. And I like that Rob okay. was like, we don't need That's your right. guilt car, bro. We don't need it. Because she 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 drives a bike, Sean. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, technically she does need it. But, you know, it's a principal thing, Kay. Come on. It's a principal thing. We don't want your guilt car. We need it. So we're going to take it. But we That's need it. Right. It ain't about, in, in that moment, for me, I was like, Robin, it's not about you. It's about yeah, me. Well, you're making it about that's you. That's true. Robin made it all about her, so there, that makes sense then. So at least she's consistent. Uh, all right, so, Kay, our boy Larry. Wow. Whew. Man, when he rolls up on Anthony, when he rolls up on Anthony, he's like, you think you've done bad? I've done things that'll make you choke. Choke. Yeah, that. Lisa, I do things that make you Woo. choke. And then he said, now hug it out. <laughs> I know. Wow. All right, what? I love it. Talk about talk about this scene when he confronts Anthony because I I mean Larry for the win on this one. Larry always for the win. I'm always digging deep with Larry, so I know this um, scene was not about Larry, but I was like, what did Larry do that would make us choke? I'm always like because I feel, because I feel like Anthony is already just like you know he's a trash human being like whatever. We already know his type. So I'm always like, Larry, give me more layers. So in that scene, um, I just, I loved how Larry rolled up on him and, you know, was trying to tell him, you know, basically I wish somebody had done to me what I'm doing to you right now because it's going to be a world of regret. But I like when Evan says to Larry later, um, mm. his shame is not her problem. So when yeah. he's like, oh, trust me, he's very ashamed right now. He's regretting it. I'm like, no, that's not, <laughs> she does not have to take that on herself. So, you know, Larry tried to do the best he could from his situation. Um, but yeah, it left me for the rest of the time going, what did Larry do? And then we find <laughs> out eventually, so we'll get to that. But yeah. Uh, Michael, what were your thoughts on on Larry uh, rolling up on, on Anthony? I mean, I... I, Larry, you know, I get why people like Larry. But, 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 but here's the thing that I, here's the thing about Larry for me. He thinks that like, I, he, you know, we all, he, he oversteps, that's his thing. But like, I'm like, well, what did you do that makes you feel like you have to overstep so much? Like I was racking my brain trying to figure out where this relationship between Anthony and Larry came from that warranted him rolling up on him like that. Cause I haven't seen it. And so I was like, well, why is it Larry that's showing up when Anthony's leaving and not, I mean, I don't know that Anthony has any friends really, but, <laughs> but I, I was just kind of like, why is, I get, I get the, I get the dynamic in that Larry's like, I know what you're going through having been a father who's made all these mistakes. But I was like, why would he think going to listen to him? Like, why, what's the relationship that would make him think, I can come and jack this man up and slam him against his car and he'll listen to me. <laughs> like, I, it was just kind of, uh, 
it was it was Larry it was very Larry to me, but I was very like, why? Like why? But okay. I mean, I think from a story perspective, that the, the parallel between the two, I think that's why. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, and you don't necessarily think Larry's maybe earned this to be able to do it, but I, I don't think Larry cares about that. I think he does what he's <laughs> going to do. Um, Larry. Oh, he, yeah. loves he loves Louis. He does. Is. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's, he's going to do what he thinks needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm okay with that. Um, Shay, Larry says to his daughter when he tries to get her at the Crab Shack, he says, no, honey, I'll never be done. When he gives the exact date of his mess up, I got moved. Like, I was like, wow, he knows exactly what is going on. Is there hope for their relationship, Shay? I hope, I hope so. While I get why she is, like, why she's feeling the way she's feeling, I think the difference for me is because I have biological parents like that. But unlike them, Larry is trying. He is showing up. They've never done that. They've cared more about getting the extra or taking advantage of somebody. They haven't stopped to like, they haven't hit their rock bottom yet. Larry has hit his rock bottom and he has moved his way up. For me, even five years later, give the guy a break, girl. Like give him, give him a little slot of breaks. I'm sorry, he's still showing up. And when you, and legit, when he said, I am not done, I was like, I'm on Team Larry for life at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's something that's something no one's ever said to me biologically who wasn't like who was actually biologically mine. My my parents who raised me always showed up. Them never. Mm. However, if they would have did what Larry did, I might have just been like, okay, I might have took a moment because eventually you have to forgive. And forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. Mm. It's so you can move on. Yeah. You're still carrying around all the hurt and the pain and keeping him out of your life. You haven't moved on. Move on by taking baby steps, maybe. Just a baby step. I'm not saying you have to he you have he has to pick up Ivy from kindergarten or whatever grade she's in right now. I'm just saying take a baby step to the point of moving on. Sure. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um we're having a baby boy. So Ali and Peter, they have the birth mom in the house. Uh, how do you guys feel? Okay, I'm going to start with you. How do you guys feel about the birth mom being in the picture with the whole adoption thing? Okay, can I just say as an aside, the whole time watching it, I was like, where do I know Sage from? Where do I know this girl? <laughs> My daughter's name is Sage, so I love to see a girl named Sage. But um, she plays Stanley's daughter on The Office. I don't know if you guys watch The Office or not. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was like, I knew I recognized her. And she played the daughter in my life, my wife and kids for the first season. But so anyway, anyway, that's an aside. Um, so I thought it was, a, I thought it was really fast. I mean, I guess at the end, we learned that like a month of time has elapsed when Robin is talking to Louie. But it just feels really fast. All of a sudden, they said, we're going to have the kid in. And then the, the birth mom shows up. And then she has balloons. And she does a reveal. It was just like a lot all in that scene to take in. Um, I mean, I'm excited for them. But the fact that they haven't told Tess yet is insane to me. So I just feel like the other shoe is going to have to drop with Tess because it's the one thing that they're not addressing. They're, they keep saying, like, well, we're going to wait till it's final. And then we're going to tell Tess about the baby. 
And like no scenes with Tess. Tess didn't wasn't there when you guys did like that gender reveal thing. She doesn't know it's gonna be a boy. Like she just doesn't know anything. So that is a, a um, kind of like a warning sign for me. I don't think Tess is gonna be cool with it. Um, and then so that that whole scene just it felt like to me things were moving really fast. To answer your question, I guess, Sean. Okay, so what about the birth mom though? Like, or the birth mom being in the picture, like from here on out. Like, how do you feel about that? As no, I think that's awesome. I know okay. a, a couple of people that have um, adopted kids and they have a relationship with the birth mom. Okay. And it's just people to love the kids. They don't make, you know, they don't make commentary on the way that the the parents are raising the kids. They just get to have kind of like a <clears throat> um, kind of a different relationship. It's not a parental relationship at all. It's more just like a plus one friend of the family type position. So they get to see their child grow and be raised. So, I mean, the more the merrier, I would say. Okay, interesting. What about you, Michael? How do you feel about this whole dynamic? I mean, I think it'll it'll be an it would be an interesting dynamic to see. Um, I know I don't I can't remember. I know Tess, her biological mom somewhere in the picture as well, um, and and so I think that they know how to handle that. Like it's not it, it's not a new situation for them. But what I do think in this particular situation is going to be interesting is just how fast she seems to be comfortable with them. Like, I think that that might be kind of a a weird dynamic moving forward. Like, she's, you know, she showed up with these balloons and she's like, I'm a hugger. And she's like revealing all these things about her life and stuff. And it's, and now, and she's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, she's not. It's not like thanks for the kid. Catch you on the flip side. Like she's she's here, and having to figure that out um, is a is. I think that's a difficult thing to navigate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I'm just I'm just maybe playing a little devil's advocate here. As the kid myself, I feel like it gets confusing. I'm like, well, if if you're cool enough to hang around, why didn't you just keep me? I, why you know what I mean? Like I don't. It's it's a little confusing for me uh, from the kids' perspective. I don't know, Shay. What are your thoughts? Um, like as far as the open adoption goes, or just Sage? Yeah. Well, this this thing of the mom being in the picture, even though the mom is not going to technically be raising, but still in the picture. It's just I don't know. I mean, sounds I'm like not my childhood. Against it, I'm, it's just confusing to me. Um, I mean, it sounds a little bit like how I grew up in a sense. Like, granted, I was adopted when I was around eight, but my mom sort of was still there. Like, even though she didn't raise me, she was always in the periphery. So I okay. kind of see it in a way, in a, almost since we, we, each person has been talking, it kind of kind of reminds me of how Anthony, like, granted, it wasn't known or whatever about him being Lulu's biological dad, but he kind of is like that birth father, birth mom on the periphery who have the different type of relationship with their kid. Okay. And everything worked out, even though obviously nobody knew that until 25 years later. Well, right. Yeah. So oh, it's just, you know, I just, just playing devil's advocate, just kind of trying to see like how I would respond to that. You know what I mean? As a, as a kid. I mean, um, I think they might, obviously when the kid gets older, I feel like they might tell them like, Hey, so this is your birth mother, maybe. And then maybe have the birth mother tell them, why she chose to give up but even though i gave you up i still wanted to be a part of your life but i gave you to a loving family sure there's a loving family who could love you 
and give you so much more than I could at this time in my life, but I'm still here. Like okay. you'll always know me type right. situation. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, so we kind of end this episode with Luli going to Vegas. She's going to confront Anthony. And I love what she says. Cause she says, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got here. I thought I was going to yell at you. It turns out I came here to forgive you. You'll always be one of my dads. Michael, how did you feel about that scene? It's interesting because my, my feelings about that scene kept going back and forth. Because mm. at first I was like, you're forgiving him way too fast. Like, this is, you know, you just flew all the way across the country and all you have to say is that you forgive him. Like, you're not processing this enough. <laughs> <laughs> but... But then when I think about um, how forgiveness is for the person doing the forgiving, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, she's just trying to, she's trying to mend her life. She's trying to overcome all these traumas that have occurred in her life in the last year. And for her sake, she's like, you know what? It's messed up how this all happened. I forgive you. You're always going to be one of my dads. I can't, har- I, there's too much other stuff I got to work through to be holding on to this new piece of information. However, I think that it will come back. Like, I think, I still think that she hasn't kind of broken it apart enough to really, you know, understand. I think she's going to have to continue to forgive him. Like, it's going to be a continuous thing. I don't think that it's resolved by any means. Also, I think that it's like pulling teeth to get Anthony to grow up in the first place. And so and so that's why it's gonna always come because he I don't he Anthony irks me. Okay. No. <laughs> so we'll 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 call it phase one of forgiveness. How's that? But uh, phase one of forgiveness. I, okay. I like that. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. All right, so that's that's uh episode eight. Uh, we're going to transition into some news quickly before we get to episode nine. Hey, Montgomery, what is going on with this show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just say, sorry, I had to no, run out. That's all right. To, but I loved Evan in this episode because he protects, he steps up for Lily and he basically tells um, um, Larry that whole deal with like her, his shame is not her uh, protection or her problem, you know? Um, so he really calls Larry on the carpet, which no one ever gets to do because Larry's always right. Um, so he basically tells Larry, like, you're on the wrong side of history here. You need to get on the bus, bruh. And so he does get on the plane, you know, pretty much. Um, so I just loved Evan on that part. I'm team Evan all the time. You gotta know. Okay, so the news is very sad, very sad that I have for you this week. Council of Dads is not being renewed they will not be returning for a second season this is the end not cool bro not cool yeah wow just dropped so, the oh she just dropped the mic and left wow okay okay <laughs> you guys still have us you can still watch our commentary episodes as much as you would like but as far as that is happening yeah next week's episode will be the final episode yeah, so the episode that we're going to talk about next is the Pence Ultimate episode. Unfortunately, I didn't get an opportunity to watch that episode, 
So I am going to excuse myself. I will see you guys next week for our final episode. And I will see the panel later. Once again, you can find me on in Instagram and Twitter at Host K. That's H-O-S-T-K-A-Y. See you guys. And awesome. happy birthday to Shay Jones this weekend. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Kay. Bye, Kay. Uh, all right. We're going to keep going forward here because, you know, we got another episode to handle. Stormy Weather is the name of this episode, episode nine, like Kay said, the penultimate episode. And uh, I mean, they didn't mess around with the storm. And I was quickly reminded of why I don't live anywhere near this kind of weather. Because <laughs> it is, wow, like I was like terrified. I was like, everything's flooding. I don't want anything to do with this rain. Um, what were your thoughts, guys, overall in this episode and this storm? The storm was crazy. Overall, Theo needs to get slapped. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We gonna get into the Theo because I got a lot to say about that situation. Um, however, I did love the end. My man showed up. Like I was praying and hoping, clapped my hands. He better have showed up. So I'm really happy. Awesome. Michael, what are your overall thoughts? I think that it was a great episode. I, I the storytelling, I'm all like the writing of this show is always like very compelling. Like I was very drawn in. I'm always whenever TV shows do episodes about like a storm is here. I'm always like, oh, what's going to happen during the storm? <laughs> because, you know, something dramatic always happens during a storm. So but it, it was a great episode. It did not disappoint at all. Uh, yes, no, they did a great job. I would agree, Michael. The writers do a great job of having this theme of storm in all metaphors happening throughout the episode. Uh, so yes, hats off to them. Uh, so the storm's coming. Everyone's trying to batten down the hatches and literally like put up stuff. And, and we're all going to go to Ollie and Peter's. And then they're not even going to, and Peter, Peter and Tess aren't even going to be there. So <laughs> it's just, it's insane what's going on. So we start off, though, with, with the, the Gazette publishing this article of Luli's, this the letter she wrote in the last episode that she was told not to put out because of, you know, people's feelings and stuff. Uh, I got to call a little BS on this on this paper publishing this article with zero talking to Luli. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, Shay. that's a lawsuit. That's a lawsuit. I'm sorry <laughs> at that point. You didn't nobody ask you. You didn't ask my permission to put this online. You didn't ask my permission to put it in a newspaper for all of Savannah to watch. How dare you? You contact me. That's just straight up because now I get to sue you for the harm that's about to come into my life <laughs> and the reparations I gotta pay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like I'm like, there's no way this newspaper does this, but okay, I guess we'll go along. Michael, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. Like I, I was like, how how did they get wait? How, and it's in the paper. Like it was at first. It was like, oh, it's online, and then they they publish it in physical form without calling her or emailing her or reaching out to her. Whoever, like what? I don't understand how that how that slipped through the editors of this newspaper. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, so then we have, so Lily discovers this and then, of course, flips out and, you know, she bikes over in this crazy raid to the shack to help batten down the hatches, but also to talk to her partner in crime for this episode, Larry. I love these two together. This is a fun pairing. 
that we haven't seen yet in this show. Uh, Shay, what were your thoughts on the on Team Luli and Larry? <laughs> Double L. Awesome, because we don't get to see like Luli interact with Larry that much. So this was a really nice, fun turn of the episode. And I love the fact that she convinced him to go to her, go to his daughter's place and get her and, her, and his granddaughter, because I'm sorry, it's a hurricane. Lady, it ain't time for no grudges. It's either you're going to die or you're going to go someplace warm. Those are your choices today. I, that was the like, one part where I just wanted to slap his daughter. I get you upset. I get you angry. But you really going to die with your daughter over it? Really? Okay, cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I like that, that Lily, there was like a double convince, right? Because Larry convinces her to go batten down her hatches first before she goes home. And then she convinces, well, that's on the way too. So let's hit them all. Uh, so uh, I thought that was great. Um, and I think it was good on Luli to, to take kind of take the bull by the horns here, knowing that, you know, she don't want, his daughter won't talk to Larry, but her, his, her daughter's, or I'm sorry, his daughter is not an idiot. So Michael, how, how do you feel about this scene where, you know, they knock on the door and it's like, hey, we're your kind of new family. Right. <laughs> I mean, I I think that she knew that showing up at Lauren, I think is her name, Lauren's yeah. house, I think she knew showing up to Lauren's house was going to put her in a corner mm -hmm. and make her have to come with them. Like, phone calls weren't going to work. Like, you needed to be in her face. It's also why I think that Luli and Larry work so well together is because they're both type A, strong Mm. personalities and they like they they work off of each other but they also keep each other in line like <laughs> la she's like larry i'm doing this and you're doing it too or and larry's also like luli we're doing this and like <laughs> just back and forth and i think that they need that in each other they need that in each other's lives like they need that from each other which is really cool to see now i wish we could have seen more of it throughout the season because he's a very he's like an anchor in her life and she's very much an anchor in his yeah no that's a great that's a great uh point michael i, I love that that they're kind of they're kind of the same guy right yeah. and then they so they, they feed each other and they keep each other in check I, I really like that i like that um so do they convince her so they convince her by telling her oh we can come to my house as opposed to going to the big family house. And, I, and I'm kind of with Lauren here. I'm like, that's a lot to take in. You know, yeah. the new family that I was supposed to, you know, have this dad that didn't exist really for me. Uh, so I, I'm with Lauren there. But I think she was like, ooh, high school full of people or a house not so much. I, okay, all right. I'll acquiesce to that. Um, so we also have, we also have, you know, Robin and the kids also trying to get out of Dodge because they're like right by the water, obviously. So that's the last place you want to be. Um, and of course, you know, we have uh, we have JJ, who of course is our, our favorite. He's so damn cute, that kid. Um, uh, and of course, like this being, the fact that he was like, I can't go down to the basement because there might be some monsters down there to get the flashlights. Like, I just love this kid so much. He's so pure. Um, talk about this this kind of interaction with with, with the kids you know, kind of all knowing because they were taught by their dad how to deal with the storm, right? So talk about all this interaction with, with Charlotte and JJ and, and even mom and, and Theo. Shay, talk about some of that. 
Jabez is so adorable. First of all, he's just like, there are no monsters, no ma'am, no monsters down here, no ma'am. I was just, <laughs> my heart bursts anytime I see JJ because it is just, like you said, it's such, he's so pure of heart that it just makes the screen time so much better. And him, like, actually, but still going down to the basement, I thought that was so brave of him, especially when Theo scared him <laughs> out of the room. And I love how prepared they were. They had go bags, first aid bags. They, I don't even know what I would do in a situation like that, granted, because I've never lived in a situation around that type. I mean, yeah, we've had thunderstorms in the Midwest, but even maybe tornadoes, but I've never really had to have a go bag ready. We didn't do that. So I, I like seeing the preparedness of that. However, Theo needs to get over himself, especially during a hurricane. We don't have time for you to argue with me about you going with Jules or you going to Vegas. Do you want to see your family dead? Those are my questions. I mean, Grant, that's a very blunt probably to say that to him. But then he called me Robin. And then I got an issue with you. <laughs> because I put like, she, she was a lot calmer than any mom I know in a situation like that. Because any other person I know, bam. You said what now? You pay what bills? <laughs> Let me know. Well, I, I, think, I think he got away with it because they're in the middle of a hurricane. Because I think otherwise, he doesn't get away with that. But she's like, I, I got to go big picture here. Um, but then actually, <laughs> it's interesting, I think, for Theo to, to step up and go after and get this dog. Uh, I was actually proud of Theo in this moment because he, he like he knew that, you know, they wouldn't go back. But if he went, that, you know, because they love their dog. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, Michael, what did, how did you feel about Theo kind of trying to be the hero here? I mean, I thought that it was it showed a, it showed promise in his character. However, I don't understand why he couldn't have at least inform someone other than his little brother that he was going, like he had to like, he had to like kind of temper his heroics by being kind of a jerk mm. and by stealing the car and not, you know, like ask, not asking for permission. We know Robin would have said no, but um, it just kind of like soured it a little bit. Like I, I love him being the hero for his brother and his sister but you didn't have to steal the car to do it. Like, <laughs> and then JJ's just like nine, nine, 957, 1,000 in Mississippi. And my mind, I'm like, why are you going to count Mississippi's? Can't you just count on one like that? Like, cause like it's going to take you a while to get to that thousand. If you would have counted any longer, Theo would not be here today. Okay. So I knew, I knew as soon as he entered that house with it was flooding, I knew something bad was going to happen to Theo, right? Like, I knew that was going to happen. And then, of course, we get Robin being the mama bear going to go get her kid who actually thinks that he's the one that she cares least about. Ironically, she's the one he's actually, you know, going to rescue, like telling the cops, like, I'm going through either way. So you're going to have to arrest me or you, you can tell your boy, the cop, that my son died because of you. So mm. I, I love the mama bear about her. But I also like that, that their conversation, even in the midst of all this, it's messy, right? It's not like, OK, everything's fine. We're good. It's messy because it's real. Uh, Michael, what are your thoughts on, on that? I, I, I appreciated their conversation once she rescued him from, you know, the, the, the flooded basement. And they're sitting in the First of all, I didn't, like, they had the whole conversation sitting in the van. And I was like, there's a whole hurricane happening. <laughs> and you're sitting in this van with the doors open. How, like, <laughs> 
What? But let's but, have but, let's have this back at Ollie's house. Yeah, okay? like, can we at least get, get across the bridge away from the water first? <laughs> yeah. But I I think that they needed to have that conversation. Um, they needed to kind of put it out there because they have they kind of been hemming and hawing around each other and like throwing little jabs. But they needed to say say what was said. I I, I appreciated, you know, Theo verbalizing how he felt about you know him being the least important to his mother and all these things it was weird it was weird timing because she did go into a hurricane to rescue him <laughs> and then he was like you don't care about me i know i'm not special i was like well she she just risked like, <laughs> death to come rescue you <laughs> how can you say that but i know being having been a 16 year old angsty kid you can forget the immediate past just to be able to say what's hurting you or what's, you know, what's got your emotions in, in a, a tizzy, if, if you will. Um, and, and I think that that's what happened there, which was very authentic. Like you forget that she just rescued me. Just like when I was 16, I forgot my parents pay all the bills and they keep this roof over my head and they feed me and clothe me. Instead, I'm going to list off to them, all the things that they're doing wrong and all the ways that they've hurt my feelings and all the ways that they are not doing a great job parenting. And that's what happened here. And I appreciate Robin. I appreciate Robin not telling him off, like letting him speak and then approaching him in the realization that, oh, he's not a child anymore. Let's, let me tell, I have to be honest with him. I have to kind of, give him more of what's going on than I have been because he's just not, he's not a kid anymore, which I think that that's why she needed to hear what he was saying. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, so just quickly back at the house, we have Ollie and Charlotte and Sage and Sage is about to give birth. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the baby's coming, whether you like it or not. And we also then have Charlotte and JJ, who are almost like his wet nurses in a way. Like, they're ready to go. Like, they know how this works. They got the contractions down. Uh, we have this beautiful moment between Charlotte and Oliver where, you know, he kind of confesses that he thinks he might not have her. And then she just gives him a hug. I love that moment. Uh, Shay, how did you feel in that, in that moment? It was such a sweet moment. Like, sometimes, especially when the world seems crumbling sometimes a hug just works if nothing else a hug will work in the darkest of times and especially coming from Charlotte who just went through her heart surgery and then just like you know I was I'm a 40 year old lady even though I'm <laughs> 13 14 which is like it's very true in, in certain especially teenagers I'm I was I'm an old soul so I totally get it and I just I, my heart broke for him because I just like I want to be like sage I get the business information and you might die. I totally understand that. But by them trying to leave, pack a suitcase in a hurricane to avoid telling a truth that needs to be told, that's not gonna work out for you. <laughs> I don't like, I'm sorry. Like just like the bang, bang, bang of each wheel on this suitcase banging against the stair, the stairs as she's trying to leave doing a hurricane. I'm like, you would rather possibly die out there with your baby still in your belly than stay in this warm house and just tell the truth. Because 
that don't seem right. I and I totally get because she has so many feelings, and I don't know how old she actually is, like in the aspect of her being a mom, because her we found out her birth mom died at 36 because of the GSS. So depending on how old she is, she'll maybe have only like 10 or 11 years with the baby, or as it grows into a young man. So I know how scary that can be and how that has to have felt for her. But at the same time, like it's a hurricane. You really cannot go anywhere. You are in a you can attempt it, but you stuck. Yeah, well, it goes back to my original point in the beginning of all of this, where sometimes the truth will not set you free. Uh, <laughs> Michael, we she does finally though tell the truth. She comes clean in this bathtub. We have this amazing moment between her and Ollie where he where they're holding hands and he says, I am not going anywhere. Talk about that scene for me. I thought it was the a beautiful scene. I love the framing of it. Like mm -hmm. it was very a very dynamic setup and you know with even with her being in the bathtub and and ollie on the wall like it was just a very beautifully shot scene very very beautiful performance um also you know ollie just saying i'm not going anywhere is really all she needed to hear like that's what mm. was that was what she was afraid of was that she was going to be stuck with this baby on her own because they found they find out she's sick and this baby could be sick and they don't want to have anything to do with it. But you know, Ollie giving her that reassurance, which is very beautiful and very like very Oliver. Yeah. Which, which I love. Awesome. Yes. Yes. We have very Larry and this was very Oliver. I like very that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh so of course it ends with our anti-hero, the one that we were been we've been set up to hate this whole time. And here he comes, the knight in shining armor, a little wet. Anthony at the end. Shay, how did you feel about Anthony coming to the rescue? I had that feeling the whole time, this entire episode. Because as soon as he found out, obviously, we see in, in Vegas, he's trying to get on the airplane. He, he's like, who can I find a private jet? As soon as I, I heard that line, I was like, oh, he's going to find a way. Because I think Grant, Anthony has run for so much in his life. And now, obviously, knowing that his family, even though he hurt them, knowing that they were going to be in danger and he wasn't there, that's what he needed. Like, and Robin calls him a coward. She calls him this, that, and the other. Personally, I can see why, but I'll play devil's advocate and say that I think it takes a lot of courage to have your child be raised by somebody else. Mm. And you only get to live in the peripheral of that. That's a lot of courage to be a part of that child's life for 25 years. And now granted, you just told them the truth, but that's a, being a coward is leaving the baby, dropping it off and never seeing the baby again. Personally, to me, that's what I think a coward is. Granted, like you say, he's the uncle, he's not the dad, but he's a different type of dad. Like no dad is the same. Everybody's, the way they parent is different and no dad will be the same, obviously. And everybody does make mistakes. I think Anthony has learned, I've made my mistakes, but the only things that are different is now is how I choose to react to them, how I choose to go forward once the truth is learned. That is the I truth of growth. That's how you grow from things. That's how you learn from your mistakes. So if you keep making the same mistakes and you never grow, that's what's being a child. But once you start learning from your mistakes and you grow as a person, that's what it means to be an adult. Wow, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's a great way to end this episode. Michael. Let's get into our special segment. We're a little short on time, but I think we can make it happen. Take it away, sir. 
For our special segment this week, I wanted to kind of give a little spotlight of on James Avery, the late, great James Avery, who played Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He was the uncle of the Will Smith character, but the father figure for all of the kids on the show. He took the responsibility to raise his wife's sister's kid, which I always admired about him because, you know, it wasn't his sister's kid. It was his wife's sister's kid, and he took such a vested interest in helping this young man grow into the wonderful man that he became all while raising his kids as well. Um, so kudos to, to James Avery, who played Uncle Phil. Love him to death. Love it. That's a great way. And it's funny because it kind of ties in with our, you know, our dad, our council of dads. He was kind of his own little council of dads. His own council. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said, sir. Well said. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Unfortunately, we only have one more episode left. So please come back next week. Let's all kind of be sad together as we wrap this show up, this beautiful show that we've all fallen in love with, all these amazing characters. I am definitely... I will be fully crying next week when this thing is officially over. But uh, until then, please, where can we find you, Shay Jones? Hey, guys, you can find me at Real Shay Jones on Twitter and Instagram and Dish Upon a Star on Sundays on the AfterBuzz TV red carpets. Also, thank you, Dolores Leach, in the chat. Uh, I'm hoping you were agreeing with me when you said true, but thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> guys, I can't believe one more. Michael, where can we find you? You can find me on all social media at official Michael. That's official M Y K E L L. Awesome. And I am Sean star 75 on the gram and gorilla suit Sean on Twitter. Thank you again so much. Please like subscribe, share, talk to us in the chat. We'd love to see you there. And until next week, we will see you then. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.